Welcome to Discussions on Concussions podcast, everyone. I'm your host, Rachel Coombs-Renwick, and happy 2022. I am so excited to kick off our first podcast episode of the year with our special guest, Stephen. Hi, guys. How's it going? Happy New Year's. <laughs> Stephen and I have a mutual friend that was able to connect us and share our stories. And what I'm really excited is that I've only heard Stephen's story from the perspective of his lovely girlfriend. And I don't know how many times I gasped and had my jaw like hit the ground from just hearing about your story. And I cannot wait to hear Stephen say it in his own words. So whenever you're ready, Stephen, we would love to hear (laughs) the tragedy that happened to you. Well, I just want to say thank you for having me on this podcast. And I hope this reaches all the right people and it affects many people's lives and motivates them to persevere through what they're going through mm-hmm. doesn't, doesn't have to be what we're going through ourselves you know so on uh let me get started so on july 30th 2016 uh me and my brother we were driving down countryside i was a, a street in brampton and then we we're approaching the McVean street McVean and countryside is where the accident happened so we we're approaching McVean, and then this uh acura mdx suv came flying through the four-way stop where we were stopping and me and my brother were in a Mini Cooper. Oh my goodness. So it hit the passenger side of the Mini Cooper and sent us both flying a couple of 30, 40, 50 feet from where the accident was from the intersection and landing on the roof or the side of, uh, of the, of our car. So, and then, uh, Apparently, I was hanging from the seatbelt, you know, bleeding from my ears and this and that. And uh, it was very gruesome. It sounds like a Grey's Anatomy episode. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> you hear someone actually surviving from that. You're like, what? <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, like, I don't know, like, if you believe in God or believe in stuff like that. But um, I guess my my uh, a protector or something, my uncle is a tow truck driver. And he just happened to drive by the scene of the accident. Oh and uh, he went to the other car first. And then my, my brother seen him and he's like, Zio, Zio. That's uncle in Italian. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Stephen is very Italian. <laughs> oh, come stai. <laughs> and then, so then uh, he, he called him over and then uh, he saw me hanging from the seatbelt, bleeding from my ears. So I've heard. And then uh, I guess the paramedics came and stuff like that. And then so they extracted me from the car. They cut the roof and all that. And then uh, they flown me to Sunnybrook Hospital by air ambulance, Mm. the orange helicopter. (laughs) And then uh, so then they brought me right down to Sunnybrook right away. And they brought David to uh, my brother. David brought him down to Brampton Hospital. And then they they flown. Then later they transferred him to Sunnybrook Hospital to be with me. So... The uh, the doctors, four doctors said I was toast, like I was I was dead, you know. Oh my gosh. And then my dad, luckily, love him so much, and then a lot of people too, supporters and all that. They uh, they fought, like they fought, like they were they fought hard, and they talked to all the doctors, and they said one more test. So then they uh, they they stuck a needle in my eye, oh. not a reaction, not one reaction, not even like just a test, right? Like not even a thing, and then. Uh, so they, they did a sternum rub. They got their fist and they rubbed on the sternums. So before I used to be pretty shredded. I used to work out a lot. Like I used to every day, eight, eight days a week, I'd go to the gym, right? And yeah. then I did biceps, two-handed biceps like this. So then that was a good reaction of, of pain that I could like, I had receptors of life, you know? Yeah. So then they said, okay, 
wheel them off, wheel them off. And also then they, they wheeled them off. They wheeled me off and then uh, they end up doing brain surgery on me. They took out um, part of my skull. It's called a craniotomy mm-hmm. so, to relieve the pressure of the swelling and stuff. So my brain shifted seven millimeters inside my skull. Mm-hmm. So it, when that happened, it affected my frontal lobe and occipital lobe. So the frontal lobe damage is like memory and uh, cognition and uh, motor skills and stuff like that. And then uh, occipital lobe is like... Um, yeah, motor skills and like uh, impulse. I'm very impulsive, mm. and I gotta watch that. And like you know, like so. Then they took my skull out. I was walking around with no skull on my front half of my head for about eight months. I had to wear a purple months? helmet with polka dots. Yeah, eight months from July to February. Oh my gosh, Stephen. Yeah, I had to walk around with a purple helmet. Oh my goodness. And then uh, I went from Sunnybrook Hospital. Then I went to Toronto Rehab. I don't remember Sunnybrook Hospital like one bit at all. And then, uh, yeah, so then I went to Toronto Rehab. I remember Toronto Rehab more than Sunnybrook. So I went there. Then I had to relearn how to walk, talk, do everything all over again. Wow. And then, so then that was just my my head injury. So then I broke uh, six ribs, three on each side. (laughs) I I punctured both lungs. My stomach and guts were up in my chest. Oh my gosh! So I had to get surgery to pull all those down. I punctured, yeah, I punctured both lungs. I said, and then uh, I fractured, shattered my pelvis. So I have screws and bolts and plates in my uh, my hips. Oh my goodness! Um, I'm gonna quote Shakira: "Hips don't lie." <laughs> <laughs> I've never done that before. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Stone live. Oh yeah, my god. Yeah. Like literally just hearing that. I don't know if you watch any Marvel movies, but it literally seems like that would be your origin story of either becoming like a superhero or a supervillain because of how much work had to be done, like physically, mentally, all the surgeries, like everywhere. Oh my gosh, Steven. Like it is a miracle that you're alive. Thank you. Thank you. And uh a scary story. I uh my dad, he, uh, and a lot of people, a lot of supporters, my dad, a lot, he fought for me. Like, they weren't going to operate on me because they uh, they said I was toast. They said I was dead. The best part about it was they gave me a purple helmet with polka dots to walk around with. <laughs> <laughs> like, owl <Yeah>. colors. <laughs> like, okay, I understand I got no head, but, like, purple? Come on. <laughs> Just make you, like, really stick out. <laughs> yeah. And like, imagine going to, going to a restaurant with a purple helmet. <laughs> Oh, yeah. That's yeah. the thing. Like, this is, you know, of course, which sounds so weird to say, pre-COVID days. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, exactly. When you were out and about and, you know. So approximately then from, I know you said you had the eight months with the helmet on. Mm-hmm. How long did it take you to go through that rehab to, like, relearn how to walk and talk? Um, So I was only at Sunnybrook Hospital for about... I want to say a couple of weeks, but I don't remember Sunnybrook at all. Fair enough. <laughs> right? I, and then they transferred me over to Toronto Rehab, mm-hmm. which I just remember bits and pieces. So like, like every day was a, was a, like a mission, you know? So my mom, she kept this notebook of mine. So she wanted me to write. So she, she wrote a sentence and then she said, I had to copy. So yeah. like on one day I couldn't even make a word. I was just like, 
a line across the page. And then the next couple of days, it'd be a line across the page with squiggles in it. And then every day, my writing became more and more like letters. Wow. You know, yeah. So I guess every day was a motor function of me developing what I had to do, you know? Yeah, that's and, crazy. Like the patience that your mom would have had to have for that, yeah. because that's like bringing you back to like grade one, like whenever kindergarten. I know, yeah, exactly. I don't know. You know it's been a long yeah. time, but really and, uh, like practicing that. That is so awesome that she ha- took the time and was like, okay, copy this. And that must be so special to also see that progression of yeah. like the first page that you tried yeah. to like the last time you did it it was uh it was something to see i had a emotional breakdown when i saw that yeah yeah and then there was uh some funny stories and not funny <laughs> stories <laughs> i feel like that's always the case the things that you can laugh at and the things yeah. that it's like no that's really sad so i uh if it's okay, I like I had to relearn how to hold my bladder, hold my poo, like oh my everything God. all over again. So, uh, yeah, there's a couple stories there. If I'm allowed. <laughs> Whatever you feel comfortable sharing. So my dad. This is dedicated to my dad. This is a funny story. Okay, I gotta say this one. So I was I was learning how to uh, hold my bowels again, right? Yeah. And then my dad. Like, I love him so much. He'd always protect the seat when you go to a public bathroom. So you make a nest, right? Yeah. This is kind of gross. And then so he's making the nest. And then I'm like, Dad, hurry. He's like, he's trying to hurry. And then I'm like, peekaboo. <laughs> so wait, what did you do? <laughs> I screamed peekaboo. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I had to get rid of, I had to throw his pants out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so you were waiting in the washer like for the washroom while my dad was making the nest for me yes <laughs> <laughs> and I, I gathered that making the nest as in like putting Protecting toilet paper down on the seat yes on the seat yeah because you don't I just wanna... wanted to clarify in case yeah, i've exactly. never heard that term but i figured <laughs> that's what you meant you gotta make so a nest <laughs> <laughs> so then, you literally said the words peak of <laughs> oh my gosh what year do you think that was that was 2016 same year wow yeah that, that was all within the hospital too like that was in the hospital oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah. and then uh, eventually slowly slowly i started coming out of the hospital so they let me go for the weekend then like one like one day then the weekend you know one. sometimes my dad would just take me out of the hospital because they were kidding at me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a lot of fun. And Your family uh, just seems the best. Like, yeah, yeah, I always yeah. say that in order to be able to physically and mentally survive having any sort of brain injury, you need a support team. You, you 100% need a support team. And just hearing that, like, <laughs> your parents, if they were on, they would probably be like, and then he did this. And let me tell you, the time Stephen did this. <laughs> oh, one time I, uh, I actually, the nurse tried to teach me how to use the call button because I, I couldn't walk. I couldn't, like, do anything. So I had, I had a button like this for my own, like, personal nurse, right? Yeah. So uh, I called her over. I was clicking the button fast you know like 300 times she's like yeah what's up what's up she's like i'm like uh 
Do you have any hookers, strippers? <laughs> no, you did not say that. I ordered hookers and strippers to my bedside. <laughs> that is so funny. She's like, no, Stephen, uh, no, we can't get you that. <laughs> to hear that delirious you in the hospital bed is like pressing that it's so hard in the ding, 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 ding. oh my gosh wow yeah. so then uh yeah it's then one story after the other and yeah. uh eventually i made it out and then i started doing rehab outside the hospital yeah like uh i had a i had a whole team of people having a full rehab team like mm-hmm. again (laughs) helps so much because you need you need that support with like family and friends you really really need that to like mentally carry you Mm -hmm. but having like your team of people I always whenever I'm getting treatment and it's like a reoccurring person and if someone new joins like having like visual therapy I always go you're now on my team (laughs) (laughs) and usually they'll just go yeah and then at times I'll always joke like I haven't done it yet, but I always just want to make t-shirts that say something yeah. funny being like how they're on my team, like maybe yeah. jerseys, like yeah. healthcare systems really carrying you through. <laughs> so <laughs> do you still, I know that you would have had a lot of rehab for out probably like a few years since like mm-hmm. after the accident. Yeah. Do you still do anything reoccurringly at home or like with somebody? Um, I do not. So, but I have been going through massage therapy and chiropractic which awesome. i uh, which i really enjoy and i like so and then i do have lumosity on my phone which keeps my brain sharp yeah <laughs> you always got to beat the level that you beat yesterday <laughs> <laughs> yes. it's always then, so funny hearing about those different like games and things that you can do uh, so do you find yeah. that lumosity is like a really helpful one for you yeah. Yeah, it does. It really pushes you. And then you don't even realize it. It's like you're just playing a game, you know, like, yeah. And then at the end of it, you're tired. You want an espresso. You're like, oh, my God. But like, it's a <laughs> it's a different. Tire. It's a brain tired. It's not like your body's tired. Yeah. No? It was uh, it's something else. So back to my rehab. So like yeah. my mom or my therapist and stuff like that or my dad, they would have to have like a juice box just for a quick sugar upper because I would use my brain on just like a simple mathematical equation. I'd be like, I'd be pooped after I'd be like so yeah. tired. I mean, like, and then that quick boost would get me to the next question. And I'd always like have to like chocolate almonds were my favorite, but I can't tell you those <laughs> like pimples. <laughs> but so you just kept popping. Like I'd have to get a sugar boost to get me through the session, you know? Yeah. And like a mental drainage is way different than a physical drainage. I don't know if you like, if you could decipher the difference really, but like sometimes yeah. it's just like, oh my gosh, like I'm tired, you know? Oh, I feel that. I hate it when there are mm-hmm. times where cognitively you just feel so drained, mm-hmm. but you're sitting there and you feel like you could move around and do more, yeah. but you're just, you can't. Yeah. And that I- is the worst feeling when you feel like you can't have your brain catch up with your body. Yeah. And like, uh, it was, it's crazy. Cause like, I would uh, take naps for two years after the accident. I would take naps from around about 12 to like two o'clock like, or like one hour, but like anywhere in between there, I would, but if I slept after two o'clock, I wouldn't sleep at night. So I have to keep it like within the time. Right. So, but then, yeah. but then I'd be ready to rock for the next <laughs> like six hours after that. Right. But then I'd, I'd hit a wall again. You know? Yeah. 12 to two was always my 
like witching yeah. hour as yeah. well. Like I it's always true. had to rest in some capacity. Yeah, it just lights out, you know, just recharge, plug it in, Tesla, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny how our brains after enduring such injuries really do need like time to recharge where it's like all the the different comparisons I've been told of like when you have a brain injury, you wake up with like half a glass of water, whereas everyone wakes up with a full glass of water. Yeah. And then it's like you slowly pour that water throughout the day. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, it's between 12 to noon and you have no more water left. (laughs) So you're like, okay, I have to rest. Yeah. And oh, I still only have like a little bit, maybe half of a half. Like, so, and and I feel like talking about comparisons like that helps Mm. when you try to explain to family or friends, this is how how I wake up. And that's why I can only do so many things during the day. Yeah, you're right. Like, and it's whatever, um, I'm not gonna say like normal, because what is normal, but like say somebody without a brain injury can do like so easily like it i i find i'm speaking perspective i don't know if you could agree with me or not but i have to try seven eight maybe ten times harder than a regular person not regular like with someone without a brain injury you know like yeah that's just how and like i just got to try so hard Mm -hmm. to keep up with what regular like not regular but like uninjured brains are like doing you know like it's uh it's quite astonishing you know like it's a Oh, it's exhausting. <laughs> so, I feel that 100%. So me and Sydney, we uh, had a we uh, had a date uh, at the CN Tower uh, at the rotating circle up oh, top. Oh, fun. Uh, when this was, when it was open, right? And then, yeah. uh, so I was overstimulated. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of people. The, yeah. It was from getting from the parking lot to the building to go up to the top of the the rotating circle dinner place. That was a lot for me. Yeah. Plus I didn't really have like, like a chocolate almond to boost my sugar up or anything like that. <laughs> you need to keep those <laughs> in your pocket. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, so I didn't have one of those or like anything like that. And then she's like, what do you want to order? And I literally closed the menu and I said, I can't read the menu or uh, comprehend what is happening. And I literally gave her the menu and I said, order for me. And like, I couldn't, I couldn't handle it. Like, and then she's like, okay, I'll order for you. And like, that was a moment for me. Like I had to swallow my pride and yeah, really bite down and accept what it was. And I'm like, and luckily, thank you so much for Sydney being there. Like she yeah. really pulled through and like, she got me through. It was just a pill to swallow that I couldn't read or comprehend what I wanted on the menu. Like it was just so hard. It was oh. kind of embarrassing a little bit. Oh, I feel that like it's it's those moments where they can just beat you down because you think, what? This is such an easy thing that anyone would be able to do. The worst is when you compare yourself pre brain injury of like what you were able to do and then what kind of your new life is. And that's been something that's been really hard for me because there's sometimes this like disconnect where mentally I'm like, oh, I could totally do that. And then I have to be like, wait, I'm envisioning what I used to be able to do and was excited for versus like how I have to kind of pace myself and do things completely differently. And it's awful. (laughs) 
that, that and it's a big shock too right like uh-huh. I, I know like i know how you feel and like i i feel like and it's not easy to do like uh-huh. you know and uh-huh. you know um what my therapist told me is the new normal yeah the new normal. and you gotta accept the new normal and it's kind of exciting if you think about it because you don't know what you don't know, you know? <laughs> it's a whole so, new chapter. Yeah. And like you could rewrite whatever you want, how you want it, how, yeah. like, what is now, now, right? Like, and, it, and the world is always changing. So you don't even dwell on the past or the future. Like, you got to just focus on kind of now. And then in 10 seconds, forget about it. And you start all over again. You know? <laughs> <laughs> That's accurate. <laughs> But, oh, I love that. Yeah, and then <laughs> wait, what was I talking about again? <laughs> but you gotta focus on what like what challenges are now and not yeah. what you used to do before because that's in the past, right? That's yeah, it's gone. Like, see you later, you know, like oh, and that Steven, a, a you're big... just so cool about it. Like your confidence, yeah. just like yeah. I can feel that mindset, that difference. Like <laughs> you are good because. I swear that's something that like people don't prepare you for is when you constantly get down about yourself and compare that past Mm -hmm. to now what you're going through. Mm -hmm. And I'm like on days where I will be low about myself and beat myself up because I'm my worst enemy, honestly, Mm -hmm. I will just be like, Hmm. I gotta, I gotta have the cool confidence of Steven of like, okay, let's not focus on that. Let's just keep moving and focus on now because that is a hurdle that is definitely hard to get over. And I, I, I can see how that is hard because you know what, like, it's not easy. Like it is not like, it's really hard and yeah, it's a thing. And if you ever need anybody to talk to anybody for like a motivation or something like that like you could always just reach out you know we could talk a little something like that, you know? you're best you got to support and yeah we're all in this together you know yeah that's why i love and, creating this sense of community where all of our stories are different even you know my last concussion was a, a car accident you had a traumatic brain injury from a car accident but they are nowhere near the same but it's interesting how everyone's stories slightly overlap by like, oh yeah, I deal with memory loss too, or I deal with this. And it's just so neat to just join everyone's journeys together. It's just, okay, how can we support one another? Oh, there's someone that has endured that like me, I'm not alone. Mm -hmm. So I, I really appreciate you sharing your story and and the funny stories um (laughs) again i'm sure there's many more your family could tell me but what is one thing that you would give for a piece of advice or a piece of knowledge that has really helped carry you through your recovery that you know if anyone today is is just suffering maybe they had a brain injury years ago and they're still feeling it or they just got one today what what would your advice be my advice would be stay strong keep at it even if you like you're making progress and it's not what you want it to be it's still progress mm-hmm. even if you make like 0.00001% progress yeah of like whatever you're trying to do or trying to get better at that's still 0.0001% better than you were before you tried and all those 0.0001s 
that you accumulate over the years eventually equals a percent or a hundred percent. So every day is, is a journey and take it, just ride the wave, you know, and like enjoy it. Don't fight it because when you fight the wave, the wave gets stronger. You just got to ride it and learn how to handle it. And just one day at a time, you know, like, yeah, take, take it for what it is. Every situation is a different situation mm-hmm. and you got to learn how to adapt just every day. Like don't, don't beat yourself up over it. Cause there's, we're all here for you and you're going to, you're going to get through this. You have endured a lot. And the fact that you still are this charismatic, smiling, go lucky guy. Like <laughs> you literally went through a Grey's Anatomy episode and you are still <laughs> here today. Like that is amazing. So I really appreciate you being on here today and, sure. and sharing all of that. No, thank you so much for having me and listening to my story and conversing with me about our our TBIs. And you know what? We'll I'll get through this. And thank yeah. you, thank you. It's, it's been a pleasure and honor. And I'm happy I'm the first one this year. <laughs> yeah, and we'll definitely have to have you on again just to hear more of those stories. Maybe we'll for just sure. directly plug in your parents and be like, "What more funny brain injured <laughs> stories are there of Stephen?" Sure. That would be <laughs> amazing. Yeah. <laughs> well that's it for today and remember to rest that head of yours everyone thank you yes i'm uh, gonna have a nice little snack <laughs> <laughs>